This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean, and still Mr. Zen, Andy Halliwell. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, I'm a bit tired because I've covered some miles. I've been to both games this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm up there. I'm up there as fan of the week. I should be one of them. Should be. Yeah. Shortlisted. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Bit of a trek up yesterday for what was an absolute classic at Boundary Park. I'm sure you're delighted you made the uh, the effort, didn't you? My two lads had a good day, though. They, good. they were involved. Good. He was good. good. Yeah. And it's always the way, though, isn't it, when we get a good crowd? I mean, take out the away support. There was obviously, it was very much the home fans that were there yesterday, wasn't it? Um, but we, we, we've got a guest with us who is who is arguably uh, trumped you distance-wise, although I'm not actually sure um, what the distance in miles is. But you can, you have to either swim, get a boat, or fly. So uh, that gives you a clue that it's not. It's not on the same um, landmass, but um, so let's let's do like we did last week with Mike because we don't actually have the prepared answers. So Andy, go on, do do your thing with the guest. Well, I'll ask the questions. Yeah, the reason we don't have the prepared answers is uh, Mark invited him on and didn't ask him. Them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's that's be clear. Right. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, that's why you don't don't leave things like that up to me because it's <laughs> right. So uh, our three questions are: um, first game, first favorite player. Um, first game, um, nil nil against Stoke in '94. So it was the season after we'd come down from the Premier League. Great start to my uh boundary park visiting a nice nil nil at home to Stoke. So yeah, happy days. Uh, first proper favorite player, uh, would probably be Ducks. Um, I've obviously got fond memories of players like Gunnar Haller and Rick Holden, etc., but I was catching the end of their. Latix careers or didn't see all of their Latix careers. So players like Ducks and Gary Kelly, they're the main main ones for me. Got quite apt given this week with Ducks on the... Uh, did, I yeah, didn't very much so. Gary Kelly either, did you? I I didn't know he'd lost an arm, but I had heard mm. he'd, there was something, because I think it's been a long time because there was talk about... Remember when they used to do the Masters football? Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the reasons why Gary Kelly couldn't play for us. I might be wrong with my timing on that, but I had heard something um, he'd had some injury with his arm, but I didn't know it was to that yeah. extent. No, that, that, that took me by surprise. Um, second question is, uh, favourite Latics-related memory? Um, the 3-2 over Liverpool, um, fairly default answer, but um, being from the Isle of Man, a lot of the Isle of Man is Liverpool fans, so I've got a lot of friends who are Liverpool fans. So, um, yeah, to be at that game, uh, sat in the chatty end, it was something else. Um it's something I still remind Liverpool fans about to this day. So I've <laughs> yeah. at least got something over them. Um, and a final question is um, a surprising fact about yourself. Um, I've played in the inaugural fans fixture at Boundary Park uh, in 2004 um, when they were raising money when we were going into administration. Um, they did a few more fans fixtures after that. But I remember as being part of the first one and we had... Um, who was it? Was it Sean Jarvis as the manager of our team and Big Gordon was manager of the away team? Um, great day. Um, we all had to bid to play in the team, raised a load of money, played a boundary park, got to keep the kit, got fully filmed, got the DVD with the commentary on still. Um, there is, if you go on YouTube, I uploaded the highlights of it 
years ago. Uh, so if anyone wanted to have a look at that and if anyone played in it that remembers it, it was a good day. Good game. I think it was 7-5 in the end we won. So there's a lot of goals and a lot of uh, a lot of good highlights in there. Nice. Nice. So who are we talking to, Andy? Uh, Dave Matheson. I mean, people might recognise him from Twitter. I think he pretty, uh, contributes a little bit on there, don't you, Dave? Yeah, every now and again. Um, there's obviously only so much I can contribute to. Um, living on the Isle of Man, I, I get over when I can. Um, but I'm not over all that too often, so I'm, I've just... I've, of... I have no idea how big the Isle of Man is. My, my perspective is that it's tiny. So did you ever meet Rick Holden when he was living there? <laughs> um, I saw Rick Holden last week, and he still lives here now. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've seen Rick Holden numerous times, so he, he does still live here now. So, um, yeah, Rick's been involved on the Isle of Man with football for a long time. I, I don't think he is currently, but he's managed various clubs and coached, and he coached the Isle of Man football association team with John Holworth as well. He was the goalkeeping coach. Um, so, yeah, Rick's uh, a staple over here. Everyone knows Rick. Well, welcome to the podcast, Dave. Good to good to have you. Good to meet you very, very briefly yesterday. Uh, before yeah. the game. You, you travelled, uh, like like we said before, from the Isle of Man to watch the match. You couldn't have chose a, a finer spectacle of football to, like Andy, come and, come and see. Disappointing result yesterday. Uh, we lost 2-0 to Boreham Wood. Um, it had nil-nil written all over it for uh, a long time, did it? And wait, well, until they scored. Well, that sounds ridiculously obvious, but it looked like a nil-nil, didn't it? Um, what did you make of it, Dave? Have you seen the game in the flesh? Um, it it did feel like a nil-nil. I think a nil-nil would have been fair. Um, but the longer it went on with nil-nil, and we weren't really creating anything, knowing us, I just felt like something's coming here because we had a couple of corners sort of midway through the second half and I thought we're going to make this pressure count I mean pressure's probably a bit exaggerating because I don't think we really tested their keeper did we so yeah I, I could feel that it might come the sucker punch might come and sure enough it did I think on the whole considering the reaction I've seen through social media and through watching games online, etc., I don't think the performance was as bad as some of the ones that have been discussed this season. Um, in the first half, I thought we started pretty well. Um, it did go a bit flat in the second half, and even the Atleticos sort of died down a bit. Um, but if the you know the product on the pitch isn't great, you're you're, not, you're going to struggle to create an atmosphere. But I don't think it was completely dreadful. But when you take into account you know, I don't like to call opposition fans for traveling all that way. When you're looking in the away end and you see 37 of them and that's, you know, when they score, you can't even hear anything. It's, it's soul destroying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's have a quick listen before we find, talk a bit more about the game. Let's have a listen to how fans were feeling before the game in the fan zone. What's your name, pal? Sean Butler. How you doing, Sean? So, last few games, what have you made of it? I'll be honest with you, um, before, before we won away at Chesterfield, I was very much saying in the uh, Unsworth Out camp, but then I didn't go to Chesterfield, uh, a few of the lads went. They said they want a great performance, but, you know, we ground out the win. Yeah. Um, but the Barnet game was great. Top, yeah. What's a Barnet game? Was top, so... So, I'm kind of uh, I flipped back to if we get a good result today, happy days. <laughs> Who says that fans are fickle? Eh? Uh, 
We've got Boreham Wood today. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Then we've got Walking on Tuesday, who are currently third. What would you be expecting realistically out of them two games? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd take two draws now. Yeah. I, I, I don't... I think... I mean, I'd love to get a win today. I'd love to get a win today. But if we, if we, draw, if we draw today and we draw it away, I'm, I'd, I'd take that now. I, that doesn't sound too optimistic, but I'd, I'd take that. So, but if we win both of them, could we go for the playoffs? Well, I do have a bet on. What's, that, what's the odds we got on that? A thousand to one. We've got us to, to get promoted. So uh, we've got, I've got, I've got a tenner on that. I've weighed tenner each on that. Right. So when that happens, as I, I did say at the yeah. start of the season, we would be going up straight right. back up. Uh, it's not really gone to plan so far. I'll come up for you for a beer. Yes, I will get you more than a beer. Right. We'll be, we'll be out for a fair few days after that if that happens. Right. Happy brilliant. Days. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Cheers. Hi, I'm just here. What's your name, pal? Uh, Phil. Hi, Phil. Uh, what do you think of the last few games then? Uh, they've been very, very positive, haven't they? Uh, you know, I mean, at Chesterfield, we kind of stole three points. Uh, uh, Magnus Norman were brilliant, weren't they? But, uh, you know, this is what we need. We need like these lucky results to keep, well, keep the momentum going, yeah? Well, for the past few years, we've been quite unlucky, haven't we? So, today we've got Boreham Wood and Tuesday we've got Walking. What would you be expecting out of them games from us? Uh, well, hopefully we'll get a couple of points out of them. Uh, two draws will do me. Right. You know, because the top six teams, they are going to be aware of what we're about now. So, you know, if we could get a couple of points out of these and then pick up other games after this, I'll so be happy with that. What score today then, mate? Uh, I'm going for... I think it'll be a nice scoring one. I think it'll be 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. And who's going to score for Oldham? Uh, it's going to be... Uh, I think John Nuttall is due to come good at some point. So... John Nuttall double. Oh. Right. Cheers, Phil. Thanks very much. No worries, Bob. Hi, I'm just David. What's your name, pal? Flynn. Yeah, how are you doing, bro? Uh, what do you think of the last few games, then? Good, mate. Really improved and, you know, I've slagged them up off a bit, but fair play to him. He's, um, he's turned it around a bit and his tactics on Tuesday against Barnet were good and positive, so full credit to him. So the next two games, we've got Boreham Wood and now we've got uh, walking on Tuesday. If we get six points out of them, what do you think the season will hold for us, then? If we get six points, then it's—I don't think playoffs, but it could be, could be. Uh, but I think four points from the next two games is, is solid. So stick with Hunsworth then. For now. <laughs> what score today? Uh, two all today. Two all. Two all. Yeah. Right. Cheers, pal. Yeah. Hey, grazie mille, fanzoni. So we're all way off the mark as usual. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you, what were your thoughts going into into the game, Andy? Having you know witnessed the Barnet game in 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 the flesh, one of uh, less than a thousand people there by uh, by by the looks of it. Um, did you did you fancy us on Saturday? Uh, you see, the, the the trick is we said this a few weeks ago. I, I, I've got Andrew Strauss's autobiography for knocking about above my head. I might read the passage out. It, say, it says in it, when you win, don't get too ahead of yourselves. When you get beat, don't beat yourself up too much. Just, mm-hmm. just try and keep a level head. Mm-hmm. Football fans, and, and our lot especially, we're all over the show. 
literally all over the show, up and down and up and down. It's just, we just need to calm down a little bit. There is zero. There was always 0% chance we were going up this season. There is still 0% chance we will make the playoffs. You can't make the playoffs. We'd have needed to have won, like, of the 13 games remaining, like 10 of them to get in the playoffs. It was never going to happen, right? It was never going to happen. People have got to calm down <laughs> because it's not going to happen. We're going to finish between 12th and 17th. I said that in August. <laughs> it, that's where we're going to end up. It's where we are right in that pack now, and it's where we'll end up. So where the, I was hoping for, for a win to keep the momentum going. And actually, to be honest with you, the performance yesterday, uh, yesterday and the performance of Barnett, I don't think there was a great deal of difference between them. He, he took a gamble at half-time at Barnet and threw two subs on. Totally against my expectations, by the way. I didn't think he'd do that. And, and you're like, go on, that's fair enough. And and when he does that, some, sometimes that's not going to come off, right? So you're going to get beat doing that. And that, that's that's sort of the negative tactics that people have picked up from him before. But you know, fair play to him from the goal. He had a goal yesterday with two strikers at home. And, and I thought for, for large parts of the game, we were probably slightly the better side. Um I think there was a couple of times when um, I thought, you know, the Fondop not all debates. I'm coming down on the side of not all being the better player. But I have to say, yesterday Fondop did did more, put more yeah. effort in, was was the better of the two. But there's a few chance, the few times where not all didn't anticipate Fondop's flick on and vice versa. The two of them are just a bit static. Like you want one off the shoulder or the other. They don't they don't complement to me. It's one or the other, not both. Um, so that so that didn't really work. But we we created nothing. Nothing out wide to come into the middle. We're quite narrow. Um, Sheeran and Shelton are sort of they run around a lot and, and sort of you know pinch the ball here and there and and then play five yard pass easy. There's no there's no balls over the top. There's no lovely threaded passes through the middle. Not going between the lines. It, we don't have any creative force in midfield. So Boreham Wood, when you're back at the program, I've got in front of me here. They've got twenty players. That's it. Well, we got 20. How many have we got? That, that double that. Yeah. Of that 20 players, they only get, they had, I went to Boreham Wood away in December. They only had about 800 old fans on a Tuesday night, which is, shows you the size of their club as well. Yeah. We had only 24, one coach load of them turning up, well, more minibus turning up. Um, You know, they've got 20 players, but they they know what they're doing with those players, don't they? They've, they're, they're pretty well drilled. They weren't spectacular. I didn't think they were particularly good. I thought that at their place. Didn't think they were that good at their place either. No. We could have beat them there as well. So, but they're incredibly know. difficult to beat, aren't they? They, they are where they organized. are for that reason, aren't they? They're organised and they do what they do really well. And it's really awful to watch. So I'm not surprised and there's only 800 go and watch them. But yeah, it's effective, isn't it? Bar Barnet were the same in the week. Barnet were dreadful, really. They're, they're fourth. Yeah. Right? This, this is this is what gives me confidence that next season, top seven. It is should be an expectation. It will depend on who we sign in the summer, right? He won't get top seven with this squad. Not not a kind of else chance. So it, it, we're going to need to sign players that can make a difference. But you know, it, it, it's like they've, they've got a player each that makes a difference. Like that that Lee Undlove, who he scored the winner at their place. Um, you see the size of his legs. <laughs> I can't believe the size of his legs. He came up quite close, and I was like, Jesus, he's. Baggy shorts and all the other players were like cycling. <laughs> I reckon one of his thighs was the same size as my waist. <laughs> He's absolutely huge. So the same with Barnet. They, they, they've got a couple of you know an odd player that that make a difference. But we just we need somebody in the centre midfield. You know, 
to make a difference. Now, I'm having conversation with some fans, and some fans saying, "Well, he signed these players. He being being um, Unsworth, he signed these players. He signed Shelton. He signed Rooney. So it's his fault for signing shit players." My response to that is, he isn't signing them. They are signing them because the club have told us it's a joint decision between departments. That isn't just the co head coach's decision, right? They're, they are working together collaboratively. It's not his, it's their. And they've signed these players because these were the only players, and Chapman, the likes of Chapman as well, these are the only players that were available to us when we were in a relegation, relegation dogfight from Division 5 that the other, player, other teams would release. These, this was the best of what was available to us. So we've signed them. That then some people say, well, we've put them on two and a half year deals. Well, maybe that's all they were prepared to accept. <laughs> mm. Maybe they wouldn't come to us for a one-year deal. So we had to give them a two, two and a half year deal to get them here. So we've got them here on a two, two and a half year deal. And they're still not going to make us the top 17. You're still going to need a decent centre midfielder or two to, to, to unpick it. It, yeah. it's just going to take well it's time. not it's so, it's not Unsworth's team yet and the thing about the, what we've seen like with Boreham Wood is they have an identity they know how they play the same with Gates said they have a they have a way of playing it's obvious that blueprint is there we don't really have that yet still let's have a listen to what our Dave got out of Big Dave Unsworth yesterday just after the match Davey bounce back alert system Talk to me about referees because yeah, no, no I'm not I'm not going to because I'm wasting my time because I, I try not to get involved with them um, but we've got I've had another one today who's been not good enough for the level. Um, I felt at one point he'd lost control of the game, yeah. um, and then from there you just you're just guessing really. You're just guessing some of the stuff. It's just it's not even schoolboy. It's oh. it's embarrassing. Um, but I don't want to get myself in trouble. Um, but you know if that's one of our players, you know I'm you know I'm I'm not playing him or I'm not you know I'm. You know, he's out the team for a period of time, but these these it's every week. You know, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, aside from the referee, it's just a bad day at the office there, wasn't it? Really? No, it was a good day at the office. It was a really good day. Our performance was terrific, and I won't have it that anybody. You know, it wasn't. We, we've conceded two goals. You know, uh, the first goal, you know, kills us. They're looking for a draw. They're looking to play the ball into the corners, and he gets one from twenty-five yards, and he goes and goes off the inside of the post. Yeah. So it, it, it's just one of those. It's. It's disappointing in terms of losing the game performance-wise. Yeah. You can't fault the lads today, no way. In terms of walking, then, are you uh, are you, are you, are you expecting a because they're they're quite a physical side as well, aren't they? Yeah. Like uh, Borough, would we be looking to make any changes, or do you think if we perform like that, we'll be okay? I'm looking for performances, and I have been since you know the first probably ten games. I'm looking to give everybody a game. Then we've found a way of playing, and then we've 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 worked on that, and we're looking for performances. And you know you can't you can't fault you know too much our form over the last 12 games it's been really really good and yeah. um, you know today we didn't deserve to lose that game No I think credit to John Rooney as well he played really well didn't he I thought it was terrific I thought everybody was terrific I thought it was a, a real good team performance we take our chances we win We win the game comfortably and um, but we didn't and um, we will on another day Thanks David Okay Another Dave then uh, after Dave talked to Dave uh, let's listen to Dave <laughs> what do you make of that Dave? <laughs> um I think sometimes he doesn't help himself. Saying we played terrific um, is not correct, is it? Um, I d as I say, I don't think it was a bad performance. And I think up until, you know, their goal, because their goal did come out of nothing, you know, their first goal. So 
I don't think he should be saying things like it was a terrific performance when we're losing 2 0 at home to Bora Ward. For, for me, he's, try, he's trying to G the players up. He's trying to give them some confidence. He's trying to give them some public backing. Yeah, um, he could do that with different words, though. He can say it was a good performance. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as a 2 0 at home on paper. You know, he shouldn't say it was a terrific performance. He can't fault the lads. Talk about the referee a lot. I know Dave led with a referee question, but I, I do think there was a lot. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I do think there was things Unsworth could have done better yesterday. Um, you know, so I, thought, has... I, I don't think he should have took Rooney off. Um, he's he's our only midfield player who looks to play the ball forward consistently. He is a little predictable because he does sort of go long and go over the top quite a lot. Um, but when the subs were being made, I was hoping not that Shelton had had a bad game, but he had no impact. And if we're looking to win the game, I would have liked to have seen Rooney tucked inside played more central to get on the ball more um, and, you know, maybe take Shelton off. But we went with Rooney off and it was fairly like for like with Tollett on that side. Obviously, Tollett's more attacking though. But I think Abraham should have come on earlier as well. It was clearly, it wasn't happening for Nuttall. As much as it didn't have for, happen for Fondop as well, at least he got a couple of shots off and got involved. He might have had a couple of misplaced passes, etc. But at least he's he's getting on the end of things to do stuff. And I'm not calling Nuttall saying... Um, he shouldn't shouldn't be in the team, etc. But I do think I think we missed Reed yesterday. It would have given us a different dimension up front, uh, rather than the two big lads, because I think that sort of played into their hands. Um, so I think maybe it might have been worth having Abraham from the start, but I can understand why he started with those two. I do think Nuttall needs a little bit of time out of the team, just one or two games, and he can come back into the team, earn his place, get a goal, etc. Because I don't think we should, especially when we've got four strikers, I don't think we should just persist with him just for the sake of we've spent money on him, he will come good. Because he can come good in five games after he's had a spell out the team and he's earned his place back in the team. And then if Fondop's poor or Reed's poor or Abraham's poor, then, you know, Nuttall comes back in. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, you made some good points there. I think I think the Rooney point is fair. I think he's he's not a left-sided midfield player. He probably admitted it himself. No. You're replacing with Tollett, who's also not a left-sided uh, midfield player. To be fair, Chapman is probably the player who looks most comfortable out there. You said that, Andy, after his after his debut, uh, playing on the left, he put a wicked ball in the box at Chesterfield for that first goal. Um, you know, we're still kind of playing in. Uh, putting square pegs in round holes in a lot of cases, haven't we? And we haven't got that identity. We haven't got that that way of playing. We haven't got a balanced squad. I do, I do feel you... like we're playing a different formation than we're portraying that we're playing. So I feel like we're playing a back four, but we're not really. If you looked at the shape yesterday, Kitching's doing all the heavy lifting on that left-hand side. He's up and down. Rooney's tucked inside, naturally, because Rooney's not a left midfielder. Um, and obviously that affects the back four as well. So the two centre-halves will push across and Sutton's not a natural right-back anyway, so he'll naturally want to come inside. But you had Green, who in the programme notes is just talking about how he's an attacker, how Unsworth wants him to get in behind and use his pace. He didn't get in behind once on Saturday and there was acres of space. Their left-back looked like he couldn't run. And there was times when if he'd have just knocked it round him, and had a running race with him, he'd have had acres of space. And yeah. it seems like we're trying to play wing-backs, but without wing-backs, but pretend we're playing a back four. Um, and it, it's this square pegs and round holes, like you're saying, Matt. Rooney playing left midfield, but he's not really. He's tucking in and 
Sutton's not really a right back, etc. But we were so narrow. Andy said it before. We were so narrow. Um, every time we got a goal kick, and I genuinely couldn't believe it. And I don't know if it's always like this or because I've not been for a while or because I normally sit in one of the side stands, not behind a goal. When we had a goal kick, the whole 22 players, well, apart from the goalkeeper, were on one side of the pitch. There wasn't even anyone past the centre circle. It was all on one side. And I, if Green or whoever had stretched out and they'd stretched the play a bit, it would have created more space for the players to receive the ball, to move in. Because something that happened yesterday, there was no space. You know, you couldn't get the ball into Nuttall. Or you couldn't get the ball into Fondop. There was no space. And if we're going to play so narrow, you, you're going to have a, an issue getting the ball into the front too. You see, for for me, this is this. We're just describing Division Five football, right? <laughs> so he, when it when he says uh, it was a terrific performance, no division. <laughs> the, the only teams in this division that do terrific performances are probably Wrexham and Notts County. No one else does a terrific terrific performance ever. No matter what game you're watching, it's pretty turgid stuff compared to some of the games that we've we've had to witness this season. On on a measure, you could call it terrific. You, Probably wouldn't, but you know, it was it was all right. Like I said, it was about as good as Barnet in the week. People were eulogizing over the Barnet game. Oh, it's brilliant, Barnet, wasn't it? Well, it's a good result. But the performance was okay. You know, it wasn't bad. We didn't look bad. I didn't think we looked bad yesterday. It's pretty, pretty evens. Um, but I just think that this is the point with division five football, is you're gonna get a lot of this, you know, it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be a hard watch. Um, and unless you get one or two players that can make a serious difference and you know, if you look at these players, like Chapman, won, won League Two with Chapman. Um, Rooney, twice National League player of the season. Um, Shelton, won the National League with Hartlepool. Like, you can see why they're buying them, called signing yeah. them, can't you? you I, can I, like, I like the recruitment on paper. As much as after a few games, they might not be pulling up any plants, for want of a better phrase. Yeah. <laughs> thing but, is, though, um... none, of, none, of those, none of those players achieved success in, in teams that had just been cobbled together off the back of their club nearly going out of business, did they? That's yes, the correct. exact point, isn't it? That is the exact point I'm getting to. And you, yeah. yeah, you're telling words out of my mouth. Is, is, uh, some of these players have been signed because they're, they're the players that are available. Hartlepool have made Shelton available. Shelton have made Chapman available. They've got pedigree. They've got experience. They've, they've played a significant number of football league games as, as well as national league games in, in some instances. So, therefore, that's all that's available to us to sign. I imagine, I bloody hope, <laughs> that they've already scouted and got targets identified for the summer when a lot more players become available because the contracts are up at their clubs mm -hmm. and the clubs... I've no choice but to let them go, or maybe you know clubs that would be willing to sell more players, and then it becomes a little bit different because then we can start putting round pegs in round holes and square pegs in square holes, and Unsworth can have a full summer working with his squares and his rounds, and he can stop. Put, what was that other analogy that someone used? Putting a fish where the fruit and vegetable. Be. <laughs> yeah, that was right. Yeah. It? Yeah. So, yeah, we can we 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 can we can start to you know see a, a, a squad and a, and a team come together we are going to have to offload a monumental amount of footballers yeah. which is going to cost a yeah. fortune to pay up a lot of them and when you um, said about the length of the contract Sandy you, like you, going into next season Unsworth needs to know who he's got and you know like we're going to be keeping a lot although we have to get rid of a load because of the sheer size of the squad we're going to be keeping a lot more players next season than we have done for 
uh, a good few seasons. So there's something to build around. And you're saying, right, well, I've got my centre, I've got my goalkeeper. So we've been talking a lot. I mean, when Adam used to come on the podcast regularly, Adam Keeley, always going on about the spine of the squad, and quite rightly so. You know, you've got your uh, your goalkeeper. Um, I think the jury's out on Hogan. I'm hoping that maybe he's just having a bit of a, a rough season after his injury and maybe whatever. But Yarny, again, I thought was tremendous yesterday. Um, central midfield, you know, again, not quite sure about that, but you've got your, you know, you, we've got good strikers now, Nuttall, Reed, you know, hopefully. So there's the, it's coming together and there's, there's a squad to build around. Whether or not we're going to play four at the back or five at the back, or it's going to be a bit more fluid than that, I don't know. I think he would love it if Green was like a wing back, so he could play uh, with three centre halves and and Kitchen and, and Green doing that, and then you'd be able to drop Rooney a bit more into the middle and and all that kind of stuff. But look, next season he's going to re- have recruited for the way he wants this team to play, and that's not what the case has been this season so far. So we're just kind of muddling through uh like he said before he's like playing every player to try and you know figure out who's who and who's what and who he can trust and who he can't trust and he's figured that out a lot of the players that you know that he tried haven't played again and he obviously figures that that, that they're not up to this up to scratch and all that kind of stuff so you know it's, we, we are we are um risk of just repeating ourselves over and over again every week because, uh, you know, like you said before, some week, you know, some some fans are up one week because we get a couple of results. It's always oh, playoffs and then they're down the next week because we lose. It's not really anything's changed over the whole season. It has always been what it is. So. Yeah. I, it's, I, I think yesterday was, was pretty much enough for me to know that 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 the result the results and that we're getting are not Unsworth. So it wasn't Unsworth's fault yesterday. Unsworth did nothing wrong yesterday. If Unsworth did everything right at Barnet, he did nothing wrong yesterday, mm. right? He didn't do everything right at Barnet, right? Because he had to change it. So you know he he, he changed it during the game. But the, my point is, Unsworth is not David Unsworth and his coaching team that is not getting the best out of this squad. It's this squad that's not getting the best out of this squad. We need a better squad. Yeah. And <laughs> so I thought I thought they all happen, worked I thought they all worked hard yesterday. I don't think you can yeah. you can say that the players weren't trying and they weren't playing for the manager. They weren't playing Not for the all. crowd and all that. They, you know, it was just boring water just a really horrible team to play against. They're an horrible team to watch, but they're effective. And unfortunately, what we decided to do was to back off, like we did against Gates, said when they scored similar goals, back off, let them shoot from distance. And, and you know, they, it had been coming on it. They had a few sighters, hadn't they? They'd hit the post. You know, it was, it was a warning. I think that central midfield partnership has to be a lot more resilient i think the def- i think the back the back two defenders center art needs to be pushing the midfielders out and, and all that there's things that they can do in play that surely the manager doesn't say game after game keep dropping off keep dropping off keep dropping off let them shoot <laughs> you know what i mean because he's yeah. not good he, he, you know he's a football man he knows he's a defender he knows what needs to be done I, I, so, i've said that before I, he's not going to be sat in the dressing room going right you know all these modern teams do like a high press i don't like it me don't high press <laughs> Sit as deep as you can. That's yeah. the best way. He's not saying that, is he? No, he's clearly no. not. Saying as a centre half, as a centre half himself, he's going to. He's barking to his centre midfielders. Push on, close the space down. Why are you <laughs> exactly. letting them shoot? Why are you letting them get the balls in the box and all that kind of stuff? So, yeah, I mean, it's. I think we'll have a. I think it'll be a lot different next season. Um, I don't know that. I don't know the, the this league well enough. I don't know the the leagues below us and and, and all that. And the players well enough to say oh, we should be signing such and such. We should be signing such and such. But the main thing is is that the Unsworth um, 
will be recruiting for the type of team he wants. If you could pick a, a formation and a style, Dave, for next season, what would you go with? Like, how would you like to see us play? Um, I'm not too hung up either way. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, we need a back four. Um, I got it at points this season when we were struggling and it didn't seem to be working. A back four is a nice simplified way of getting back to basics and knowing what you're going to do. The two up front, not a lot of teams play two up front. We've got four decent strikers in the squad. We've arguably got more if you take into account Chris Porter, etc. Um, so we don't have to play two up front. I'm not really forced on what formation we play. I'm not going to moan if it's not two up front. I'm not going to moan if it's not four at the back. He needs to set his stall out on what he wants his formation to do. And I know that's dictated by personnel. And I know the personnel has been constantly rotating this season. But at the end of the season, he needs to decide, right, a home game, we're going to play in this formation. Against the top team, we're going to play this formation. Plan A, plan B, plan C, and know what he wants to do and recruit based on what he wants to do. Because we have changed it a lot this year. And yes, I do understand it because, you know, he's he's learning on the job as well. So I saw in... I think Suzanne's interview, he was he was mentioning about, I know the fans like to play two up front at home. And as much as I'm grateful, he's listening to the supporters. Sometimes I think you, sh- you should do what you want to do, not not what the supporters are moaning about. Um, 100%, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I mean, he, he, that, should, the... he should have an idea in his head about what he wants to do. But as we know, he started the season with a squad. We've been picking up players here and there. He might have in his head next season we're going to do four two three one or four three three or have the wing backs pushing up really high or or not. I don't know. But once he's had a full preseason, all the players are together. All the players know what they want to do. Um, have a few friendlies under their belt and know what they need to do. I'm I'm up for whatever formation he he sees fit. The reality so, is you don't play two up top anyway. Like you, no, you don't no score goals, does. you don't no score goals with two up front. Like you need more, yeah. you know. Like when you, in order to get forward and, and, and to create moves, you need four or five players in yeah. in attacking well, third of the well, field. Tollett so... was our Tollett was our best player the first half of the season. He was playing wide of a three, yeah, and he was exactly. tucking in, getting shots off, yeah. beating his man, yeah. Um, but obviously, it doesn't suit him playing in this faux four four two that we're playing at the minute. No. Um, but. Yeah, I'd like to see more out of Tollett, um, but the current system doesn't suit him. So I know they'll be working on working towards next season, but they've they've got to get this season right and get a, a few results ground out. But we we have been decent since Christmas. We've had we've had some good results. It's all well and good having good results and bad results. It's totally fine. The two nil yesterday, it it seems like everyone's calmed down a little bit because we've had the two good results recently at Barnet and Chesterfield. So there wasn't all the usual. Uns without this, that, and the other, because it, it just needs to calm down. Because we go from you know, and everyone knows it, and a lot of people it's tongue in cheek, but a lot of people it's not. It's uns out, uns in. Playoffs are on. How many do we need to get for the playoffs? And we all know, or anyone in the right mind knows, we're not going to make the playoffs. For us to go on that run, like Andy said before, it would be absolutely mad for us to get that level of results. I'd and, snap your hand off for three po- for six points out of the last nine. A hundred percent, and I'd have expected the Boreham Wood one might be the one, you know, one of the ones we'd get three from. But I had a look when I was coming to the game yesterday. Obviously, I've not been for a little bit. I don't go too often. Um, I brought my nephew along with me yesterday, and he was like, oh, Oldham have picked up a bit, haven't they? Should be, you know, looking for three on the spin. And I thought, when was the last time we actually won three games on the bounce? 
and it had me automatically that sort of nervousness that comes with being an Oldham fan of will we actually win three in a row and I look back and I think the last time we won three years in a row was in under Pete Wilde in 2019 it was so yeah so for us to go you know I, I wasn't expecting a win yesterday I was hopeful um but Borehamwood, Barnet, Chesterfield, looking at the table to get six points from those games is good. Um, so I think yeah, we just need to take the positives and move on. Yeah, absolutely. And if we can beat Walking on Tuesday, which is going to be an extremely tough game, um, then it's better, you know, to, to lose one and win one is better than to draw them both. And you know, a couple of people in the fan zone were saying about picking up a couple of points. I'd rather lose one and win the other. You get three mm. points rather than two. So, I mean, yeah. you know, and if, and if we get a point against walking, that won't be the end of the world either. It's like, you know, we're, we're going to be safe now. We're, we're planning for next season. Maybe we can get safe, you know, mathematically. Maybe he'll try a few different things uh, yeah. with next season in mind in terms of how we might want to play and stuff. And obviously at the minute, the, the priority is is getting the points on the board and, and securing league. <laughs> nationally said league two foot, I wish. Uh, National League football again next season. When when I was coming out of the ground, there was uh, one of the twenty four Bournemouth fans had parked his car next to me. <laughs> Can I just ask Andy before you um when you came did you did you did you leave in the mass exodus <laughs> that 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 happened when the second goal went in because <laughs> I think about five thousand people left when that goal yeah, went in. Yeah, they, they were on on our row, Max. I ended up sitting on the same row as you. It was literally like us two left, and then everyone <laughs> around us just disappeared after the second goal. Well, I, I was I was in the um, in the Joe Raw stand right down near the near the chaddy end and so uh i've got two i had two young kids with me so i didn't want to move with the rush i thought i'd let everyone go yeah. and just ponder out you know slowly afterwards but yeah i just watched the 24 fans start heckling cheerio and i was thinking for crying out loud <laughs> being some cheerio owned by a sport by one of these sports centers or leisure centers from down south again you know it's just yeah it's it's, it's tragic isn't it well you know you do, i guess you just got to remember these things i just sat there and grinned like you know i've just got to remember this because you know in hopefully next season or you know if it takes even takes longer than that when we're when we're Wrexham, Stockport, and Notts County, when we're going to places like that and giving them all a good tonking, then we can uh, give it right back to them with the bells yeah, and top. You've got to take <laughs> medicine, haven't you? Because, I mean, and you also have to remember that every time we've been to um, Fulham or Everton or wherever and, like, you know, giving it, giving that same reaction to those fans, because we've, you know, imagine for, you know, a boring woman fan, one of those 30-odd people or whatever travelled up, one of, I mean... That was massive day for them yesterday, coming to Oldham and winning. Fair, fair, let them enjoy it, you know, they enjoy it. Fair play this, to them, you This know? is the conversation, I was having. So, so he's parked his car next to me, this boring wood fan, and he, he's getting in his car, and I'm, I'm putting my kids in the car and what have you. He's getting in the car, and he, he, took, he just looked at me um, and said, uh, he went, sorry about that, mate. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I looked at him and went, oh, don't, don't apologise, mate. I'm every week. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> He said that he went. What's going on? I was like, because he, he, he was, you know, he, was, he pointed towards the the, the the stadium. What's going on? And he, as if to say, you know, you you guys are massive for him, you know, for for this league. And I, I just said to him, don't worry about it. Give us a year or two, and we'll go right through this league and wave goodbye to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he just laughed and got in his car and drove off. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, teams like that, that 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 get that kind of attendance. You know, I mean, I. Um... 
I was having a bit of a chat with Mark White before. Um, so because I, I was like, "Fucking hell, mate, you got a clean sheet? What's going on?" <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "He's like, yeah, uh, you know." Like he said, "But we said we've got loads of injuries." He said, "We've signed some good players in that," and I'm, you know, we're just we're struggling with injuries and 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 this that, and the other. But you know, there there are teams like Dor- I mean, for Dawkins, if they manage to stay in this division, that is an absolutely tremendous achievement. And then you look at like the other teams that are in uh, the National League. Solly Moores, Boreham Wood, Walking, you know, like Eastleigh that are up there, uh, Altrincham, you know, like Gateshead. Like you look at these teams and the size of the clubs that that, that, that they are, they really are like, you know, not that saying they're punching above the weight, but they're at their, they're at the sort of like top end of where they're going to be. You know, for for, for Boreham yeah. Wood to be in and around the playoffs, that's this is you know, this so, is their this is their best time. I think yeah, a few years we're at ago, our deb and they're yeah. they're at the top. I think of a few game. years ago they got into the playoffs, and I think that was their best ever season. And I'm not going to call them for that at all. No. You know, every club has their own level, and they're definitely playing above their level. So fair play to them. But we're at our lowest level, so we're, it's just um, you know, as much as they're above us in the table, um, it's a psychological thing of them being at their peak and us being us being mm. at our bottom. And seeing they had such such little support there, but it, it you know that that's not a criticism of them because that's the level of their club, and it's it's just a sucker punch. You know, you could look at it on paper and go, oh, they're above you on the table. They they got a two 0 win. It was against the run of play, etc. But it just adds to the you know the dismay when it's when it's that kind of result. You'd be able to take these results a little bit more if we hadn't had so many this season already. Um, because that's football, isn't it? You know, the favorites don't win or the bigger clubs don't win every game. That's the nature of football and sport. Um, but it just seems that we've got too many of them. But yeah, we're we're hopefully on an upward tra- trajectory. And the teams that are coming out of this division as well are generally sort of spending the way out, aren't they? And and you've got to be careful with that as well, because I mean we we know that Notts County have spent an absolute fortune, we know that Wrexham have spent an absolute fortune. Uh, if it's it's not, it might not work for one of those teams like Wrexham uh, conceded late, didn't they? At Maidenhead yesterday, and yeah. um, that, but they're still they're still at the top. But you know, for every season, if one of those clubs doesn't get promoted, they can't, you know, they can't just keep it up with can't the with the spending. And 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 you know, the players like Mullin, you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna hang around. Wrexham forever is he in the National League because he's going to start getting offers from from clubs higher up and all that kind of stuff and and Langstaff. So you know it's they really are putting all their cards on the table when they our, when they our wage budget money. must be pretty big. Must be one of the highest in the league though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we, we've, spent, we've, yeah, spent, we've spent money on players, you know, which we haven't traditionally done for a long time, um, and we've got a massive squad, um, and some of them are on two, three year contracts. So. You we know, had to do that got... this season, though, didn't we? Because the threat of relegation out of this division. Yeah. You look at Scunthorpe. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not uh, saying was... it's. Um, I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do, but no. we need to consider if you know a lot of the clubs are spending money to get out of this live division, and how long is it sustainable, etc. We don't want to get ourselves trapped into that of next season we're not in the playoffs, and you know we start. You know, say next season we're not in the playoffs by October, November. We decide to pull the trigger on Unsworth, then we start the process again, a whole new set of recruitment. Um, I'm not saying Unsworth is the man or Unsworth isn't the man, but everyone's pulling together for the same thing, aren't they? Everyone's, you know, especially the the clubs with good football league pedigree, uh, teams like Chesterfield and Torquay, Wrexham, Notts County, you know, they're all pushing to get out of non-league, whereas a lot of clubs, not saying they'll be happy to be in non-league, but 
the likes of Altrincham, Solihull Moors, Wheelstone, you know, being in the National League is their pinnacle. Yeah, exactly, and, and just staying in that division is 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 yeah. is what matters. So yeah, I'm sure we, I'm sure, I can't think of any. Well, I mean, I know we've maybe York and Aldershot, uh, Torquay. There's there's not that many that come down from the football league ordinarily and then fail to get back up there and uh, within a within a re, what you know what you would say is a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. But I think not doing it in the way that Notts County and Wrexham are doing it is. It's just I don't think we can, we can I don't think we have that kind of budget anyway. So no, I think it, it's not the way. Definitely not Wrexham anyway. Yeah. No. So, but I mean, yeah. I mean, we, ideal scenario is that them two get promoted and out of the way. That that really is what we need this season. So, and Andy, have you got Lattice Man's questions for uh, for Dave? Of course, I have. Have you? Well, I'm just going to play uh, this quick jingle and then we'll do that. You get yourself ready. So now, Dave, fans can buy us a coffee. How do you like your coffee? Mm, like an ice cream, white, frothy laddie. Laddie. Mmm. Mm. So if you want to buy Dave a... Laddie. Then uh, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash OFC podcast. I'll just take mine black. Mm. Okay. Are you ready, Dave, for... I am ready. Fun? All right, Andy, are you ready? Yep. Let's do it then. Which Latics player played in the 1994 World Cup? Gunnar Haller. Correct. Who scored a hat-trick away at Wolves in 1990? Ian Marshall. Correct. Who did Latics re-sign in the summer of 1999? Neil Adams. Correct. Who did Roger Palmer score his 100th Latics goal against? Everton. Wrong. It was Birmingham City in a 3-1 away win in March 1988. What did Barry Owen say is a dangerous thing at the Royton Fans Cricket Club? A little knowledge. Correct. What colour was Latics away kit in 2015-16? Black. Wrong, it was red. Latics drew 2-2 at Sheffield United over Christmas in 1996. Can you name one of the two goal scorers? Stuart Barlow. Wrong, it was Nick Henry and Paul Rickers. Which Latics striker scored an own goal at Hillsborough in a one-all draw on New Year's Day 1992? Ian Marshall. Wrong, it was Graham Sharp. Who scored Latic's consolation goal at Bramall Lane in a 2-1 defeat on New Year's Day 1994? Paul Bernard. Richard Jobson. Who scored the two goals at Northampton the day we were relegated to the fourth tier? Tom. 
Tom Hamer. And, and was it Jamie Stott? No. Tom Hamer and George Edmondson. Oh, I nearly said George Edmondson. Oh, but I thought <laughs> But yeah, you did need yeah. to, you did need to get them both right. So you you started off like a train there. Let's have a look. I think if I go through, you have got one, two, three, four correct. Yeah, that's right. Four correct and, and no passes. So yeah, I, I, that. I thought I thought you were in with a chance then when you when you started off with three out of three. <laughs> yeah, it's, I peaked too early. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good solid start. Yeah, it was a shame we couldn't quite build on it. But yeah, I got a little bit excited there that there was a that there was a contention for the top. You know what? Well played, Dave. Good effort. There's yeah, some tricky effort, ones yeah. in there as always. You have to be a complete latex rain man to get some of those things right, don't you? To have, have that memory of those things that happened all those years ago. But yeah, good effort, mate. Good effort. So, uh, um, yeah, any other business, Andy, before I'm um, sure? Are you going to play the jingle for the uh, live event on 30th? Uh, no, I'm not, uh, because I haven't got it loaded up in here, so I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, keep your diaries. We do need to announce some more, more details of this soon, but there is going to be a live event, um, live podcast event, on the Sunday after the last game of the season, um, and it's going to be really good. So uh, we'll let you know a bit more about that soon. So that's going to be after the after the Bro uh, Bromley, I think, is the last game of the season at Boundary Park. Um, Yorville is the last away game of the season, which uh, we, I'm planning on going to. Is, are you planning on going to that, Andy? Down, down? I, I've been to Yorville before, and uh, I vowed I would never, ever <laughs> go again. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> when's, your next, when's your next visit for a match, Dave? Um, I'm hoping to get over in a few weeks and it's it's entirely dependent on the allocation of tickets for Wrexham because um, okay. it's a good one for me because it's it's a Saturday, it's in the northwest, so it's easy for travel. Um, but it depends, doesn't it? It depends on the allocation. They did a really small one for the FA Cup, but that was televised and I, I don't think yeah. we sold out in the end, but that might get moved because of TV. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. I think it'll be a big allocation. I think we'll take more in the league. I hope so. Yeah, I, yeah, hope so. I think so, yeah. So... Right. Thanks very much, lads. We've enjoyed your, your company this evening. Um, let's wrap it up there. And uh, yeah, walking. Join us for the phoning on Wednesday. Thanks very much. See you next time. Cheers, guys. The Boundary Park Alert System is hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. A huge thank you goes to those people who already subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you all and if you'd like to help us out financially, please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click support or find the link in the show notes. It's only $2.99 a month to subscribe, but if you'd rather make a one-off donation, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash oafcpodcast or click the link on our website. Please follow and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at OAFC Podcast and subscribe to youtube.com forward slash at OAFC Podcast where you will find the Latics Football phone in with myself and Dave Bradley live every Wednesday from 8.30pm. We'd like to thank Arlene Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning and thanks also goes to Paul Prentergast for providing us with all the Latics Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion and for more information visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records you can help change the game by listening to us on the fan hub app along with all major podcast platforms 
Please like, subscribe and review the pod and help us climb the rankings to get more listeners wherever you listen. Thank you for listening and if you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show in any way, we'd love to hear from you. See you next week.